exploring what can be done to help with pain and health challenges. This is the Life Shouldn't Hurt with Grand Fedoric from Leading Edge Physiotherapy on 630 Ched. Welcome to Life Shouldn't Hurt. I'm your host, Grand Fedoric. And I want to thank you all for sharing this time with me as I've the privilege of listening to and sharing these real amazing life stories about lifestyle, health, and well-being with all of you amazing people. And this one is, it hits close to home because uh, we know Teresa so well. And Teresa Wills has joined us today. Thank you for joining us, Teresa. Thank you for having me. And we get to talk about accessibility. Uh, And I think accessibility is often something that many people just take for granted until it's not accessible mm-hmm. until it's not as easy to get at. And uh, Teresa, I'd love it if you'd share your story with us, um, how you came to be in a in a wheelchair and when that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you and I have actually spoken about my specific story before, but uh, it was in 1997. So it was just after high school. I was taking a, a gap year before going to university. And so I, I had moved from Manitoba out to Lake Louise. And I was just, the plan was live there, work, play for a year, and then go back to Manitoba and go to university. Um, but about five, six months into my stay, I was out tobogganing one night with some friends. It was a full moon. And we went out to this place where the locals would often go out tobogganing. And I just had a really bad accident that night. Uh, on my second run down, I hit a pile of snow that was sort of formed by a snow blower had, you know, at the back of the Lake Louise. Yeah. You've probably, I'm sure you've been there at the beautiful lake. And then there's a, a path around the lake that you can walk along and then you go up into the mountains and do some hikes. Yep. Well, at the back there, there's kind of an area before you go up where the locals often go tobogganing. Mm-hmm. And so the snowblower uh, had, you know, made these big sort of snow drifts on the side of the path. And usually when you're coming down the toboggan hill, you kind of level off and stop. Yeah, you just come to an end. Yeah. You see, well, not an end, but you come sliding yeah. and slow down when it flies right. out. Yeah, but for not some if it's reason, not flat. Not, not, well, it, it was relatively flat, but then... For for some reason, I kept going. I had a lot of speed, and I hit one of those piles of snow, and it launched me into the air. And then I went flying and just had a really hard landing on my butt. Oh. And so when I landed, it snapped my back right at about the waist level. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it turned out it was the T12L1 level where I had a couple of vertebrae fracture, and my yep. spinal cord was compressed there. Oh. And so the paramedics came and got me on a snowmobile and took me back to, I guess, to Banff Hospital where I was stabilized and then on to the Foothills Hospital in Calgary where I had surgery and then was told that I was a paraplegic Uh and there was a good chance I was never going to walk again and that this was my life now. So um, that first news? Yeah. How did you? How how did it first hit you? Um, 
It's a good thing there's a lot of drugs in those situations right. because um, I don't remember being like fully understanding the extent right. the of it all of it all and right. the implications of it all at first anyways um, with all the morphine and everything. And then after the surgery and, you know, those conversations with the doctors and the social worker and all of that, uh, I guess I, I realized what this was going to mean for me. And it was such an incredible blow. Right. Um, a lot to take in. And from there, um, what you, what you do is you go to a neuro rehab unit. Yeah. And that's in, like, it was right in the Foothills Hospital. And I stayed there for three months mm -hmm. learning how to take care of my body. Right. Uh, sorting through all of that stuff. Because the implications, I think, and I think people think it's just about learning how to use a wheelchair, and it's far yeah. more than that. Mm -hmm. There's so much more to it, and it depends on the level of the injury. Mm -hmm. So what part of the spinal cord is injured? Mm -hmm. It depends on how much use of what your limbs and your body can take care of. Mm -hmm. um, and, but it's not just you know how to maneuver a wheelchair. It's how to get on and off of a toilet, how to care for your lower limbs it's all of that and and it and it took some time mm -hmm. for sure uh i would say a couple of really challenging years followed yeah adapting to life with a disability yeah and learning how to do all those things that i used to do so easily before right learning how to do them so many things again and in a different way yeah and uh so it was a lot of physiotherapy yeah. Uh, I continued outpatient physiotherapy for about a year after leaving the hospital and, you know, had to learn transfers, how to take care of my bowel and bladder, mm -hmm. how to shower myself independently, how to get dressed. Yeah. Like you're going back to all these things that yeah. you just took for granted before and learning new sports. Uh, learning how to do everything from a wheelchair. It's right. very different. So. Grocery shopping, simple, right? Go into the store, you push your cart around. Depends totally on what, different it ball depends games on where wheelchair. all those articles of yeah. importance are. And if that's they're right. not at the right height, and that's when we get yeah. into... We're talking with Teresa Wills and her, her uh, experience in the world that is different than the rest of us uh, from a challenge perspective, but also from a success perspective. Because uh, if there's anybody that I know who... Uh, just embraces everything on a day to day basis. It's you, Teresa. Uh, I, I know I'm sure that there's times it might get to you, but we don't see it. Uh, and I think that's inspiring. Uh, but I, I really want to get into accessibility. What was your, mm -hmm. what was your first experience with the world where it was like, darn it. Why couldn't this just be this way? Or why, why would, why did they design it like this? Yeah. Uh, when, Somebody like myself needs to be able to access that, you know? What was your first experience around that? Well, for me, because I was from Manitoba, my family was in Manitoba. So my, you know, of course, family came out and supported me through uh, the accident and helping me get started. But I decided to move to Calgary when it happened where I, I didn't have family. So I needed to learn really quickly how wow. to do things independently. Yeah. Um, yeah, I decided to stay. And so I think the first thing was, okay, I have to get a place to move into as I'm leaving rehab here. Right. 
oh, I can't just go find an apartment. Most of them don't work for me. Yeah. What am I going to do? So I started to realize resources were really important. Okay, mm-hmm. so I found that Accessible Housing Society, the social worker connected me with different organizations that helped me with different things along the way and figuring out how to live life in a wheelchair. So Accessible Housing Society in Calgary helped me find an accessible accessible basement suite. Yep. So I moved into there. Um, that was probably my first realization is, oh, I can't just live every, anywhere, anywhere anymore. Right. And... I can't just go to my friends' homes and visit them. Like as I was making new friends, yep. I can't just go to someone's home anymore. Right. The number of steps matters. Yeah. And yeah. most houses are not accessible. Right. And there's stairs to get in and bathrooms are tiny. And if it's older, older house, right. doorways are narrow, narrow. And so I realized very quickly that there were going to be a lot of barriers and I was going to have to use you know, really flex my uh, problem-solving muscles and really, you know, tackle every day with energy because there's, you know, you need to be solutions-focused all the time. Like, okay, how am I going to, okay, there's this situation. How am I going to get, how am I going to get in the building? There's this situation. How am I going to do this? I'm invited to this event. It's not accessible. How am I going to get there? Right. So, yeah, every every yeah. single social interaction or interaction with the world seems to me would almost have to be planned out, almost like you need to know before you go. The rest of us, we get there and figure it out yeah. um, without necessarily those challenges. We might not know where the door is, but it doesn't mean we won't be able to get up to the door. Right. All right. And, and it's just to me, it's that extra level of of awareness that you've got to bring on. Mm-hmm. When we come back after the break, I want to hear specifics. I want to know, let's get into those things in the world that need to change mm-hmm. to make uh, it equitable for those people who have challenges like yourself. And I know you're doing such a wonderful job and I think that we can maybe change the world a little bit today. That would be amazing. So uh, if everybody can join us on the second half of the show, we'll be back with Teresa Wills talking about accessibility for somebody who knows it firsthand. We'll be right back right here on the Chorus Radio Network. Flooring, what can be done to help with pain and health challenges. This is Life Shouldn't Hurt with Grand Fedoric from Leading Edge Physiotherapy on 630 Ched. We're back with Life Shouldn't Hurt. I'm Grant Fedoric, your friendly neighborhood physiotherapist from Leading Edge Physiotherapy. And today we've been talking to Teresa Wills and her experience having sustained an injury to her spine. Uh, that left her uh, paraplegic and experiencing the world different than she might have otherwise, and and she shares that experience with a lot of people. You're you're certainly not the only one, but there's barriers everywhere. And 2023, mm-hmm. building code changes, mm-hmm. all of these things. Mm-hmm. I still don't think we've got it. Oh no, we're so far. Right. Not only do I not think we've got it, I. I I know that what was built in the past was bad, but we're still building wrong today, uh, everywhere, um, from you name it, from parking lots to doorways. Wider doorways isn't just the answer. So let's let's get into some of the specifics on a day-to-day basis. 
I would love to hear the pet peeves uh, of Teresa Wills, the things that you run into that the rest of us, you know, we might think, oh, Mm -hmm. but it's a real, real issue for you. Yeah, I think part of the problem stems from a lack of accessibility legislation in Canada. Okay. So it's starting. We are late to the game, I think, here in Canada. And so in just in 2019, uh, the Accessible Canada Act received royal assent. So... The goal of that legislation is to have an accessible Canada by 2040. And so many provinces also have accessibility legislation as well, but unfortunately, Alberta is not one of them. Uh And so part of the problem is when we go out and about in our community as persons in wheelchairs or with mobility disabilities, businesses are not necessarily accessible. Uh City buses are not necessarily accessible. City pools are not necessarily accessible. They don't have lifts and, and, um, you know, means for us to get into the pool independently a lot of times. Schools are not even accessible here in Edmonton, the capital of Alberta. So it's frustrating because it seems so uh, unnecessary. Like there are ways to build. Yeah, and, and to me, it's just things- a fundamental expectation of a world that we live in that it's accessible. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we beyond equitable. It, it's it, it's mind blowing to me that we go places elsewhere where they have, are getting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the United States is a good example. Mm-hmm. There's, I don't think you can even have a pool nope. without a without a. There, I don't even. Okay. It's allowed. It's not. It's. Uh, it's pools, every single public pool, any pool that you go to, even at a hotel, Hotels. has to have access That's right. for someone with a disability. So that means it either has to have a lift to get in yeah. or they have water wheelchairs and a ramp or a beach entrance to the pool where yeah. you can get in on your own. In the United States, beaches mm-hmm. have to be accessible. They have water wheelchairs. They have water wheelchairs and pathways that are matted so that it's easier for them to, yeah. if somebody did want to get down. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there's so many things that we would think as a, mm-hmm. I want to say progressive nation uh, that is just not happening. So those are mm-hmm. perfect examples. How about getting in and out of your vehicle? Uh, I know we've had that conversation before. Mm-hmm. They They have wheelchair accessible parking stalls mm-hmm. but isn't it sometimes even the way other people treat those stalls that leads to problems as well yes yes that's a big problem parking is a big issue for us uh, okay so first of all there's no guarantee that there's going to be wheelchair parking for us here in canada it's there's um there's no there's not rules, there's around, not rules that. around it here in canada in the states there is the americans with disabilities act the ada mandates all of that. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's so lovely and accessible when you go down to the States. Well, here in Canada, it's not like that. We're only just starting now. Um, and what that means for us here is that you don't even know if there's going to be wheelchair parking when you go to a new place. You don't know how many spots there's going to be. And the spots that are there are often abused. And I've had so many excuses, but I think the main two I get all the time are, oh, I, I just had to run in quickly. 
or <laughs> yeah. all the other spots were taken. Right. Yeah, I've heard those like it's like a broken record. I've heard them sure. over and over again. But think about the impact that that has on the life of people with disabilities. Like we're trying to get around and get our business done just like everybody else. Yeah. But we don't even have a place to park. And, right. and you don't have the luxury of curbside parking. You right. don't have the luxury right. of some of the other opportunities yeah. afforded to the rest of us. Uh, yeah, we're talking with Teresa Wills, and we've gotten right into the accessibility issue. And and I do want to call it that. When I studied in school, the University of Alberta, we had our dean was in a wheelchair, Dr. Jim Vargo, amazing human being. He had accessibility issues at the University of Alberta hmm. in new construction, mm-hmm. if you can believe that. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about somebody who was the dean of our rehab medicine facility at a major institution. Mm-hmm. And it's continuing in 2023. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even new construction is sometimes not built with uh, wheelchair accessibility design in mind. Right. So it's it's a problem. Um I could even tell you a story about from this summer. If Please. You, if you want to know, yes. if you want to start hearing some of my stories. Yeah, I would love it. <laughs> okay. So my family doctor sent a referral to a dermatologist. I've been waiting a while for this appointment. I'm sort of assuming a dermatologist clinic is going to be a medical wheelchair. clinic. It's a medical clinic. It's sure. going to be wheelchair accessible. But I call anyways first because I'm worried about the parking because it's kind of downtown, right. busy area I haven't been to before. So I call in advance. Where's the parking? Jabu Ultra Parking. They're like, yeah, we got, you know, we've got a few stalls on the south side of the building under this uh, tarmac area. You know, just park there. If it's full, park on the street and then come around to the front of the building and come in. Sounds great. So going to this appointment, I've got my nine year old with me and we go, we find those stalls that are reserved for the clinic. But they're not wheelchair accessible and they're the slim ones. And I have, you know, I drive the big ramp van, van the ramp comes out the side. Right. I need a kind of a wider stall, right? Yeah. Or else I could park in one of those, but I don't know if someone's going to come park right next to me. And then you're and then waiting yeah. for them to come before you can get into your vehicle. Right. I just can't get back in. Right. So often I'll just ask strangers on the street, can you back out my vehicle so I can get in? That situation comes up regularly. Wow. Yeah. So we get there. So they're not wheelchair accessible. So we drive around the whole parking lot. You know, maybe there's wheelchair parking somewhere else. There's not. There's no wheelchair parking for this. It's an older building. Um, and then so I decide, OK, I'm just going to park in that one of the reserve spots. Park in there. Take a chance. Go around to the front of the building. There's stairs to go up to the main floor to get in and then this little steep ramp on the side with kind of a pole at the top and there's a sign with a a person in a wheelchair and a big red line across it. Meaning it's not for you. Meaning people in wheelchairs are not supposed to use this ramp, I guess. And then another sign that said something to the effect of ramp is for deliveries only. So my daughter and I are sitting there looking at it like, okay, they clearly don't want me to use this ramp. There right. must be some other wheelchair access into the building and we're looking around. There's no other place for us to get in. So I'm thinking, okay, I know it's it's probably not to code. That's why they put that sign there. They don't want to be liable, right, if something ever happened. And so, but I know I can do it. 
And so I, I go up and I maneuver around this pole and I get in the building and then everything's great. It's just like this really nice building in there. There's an elevator. I take it up to the second or right. third floor. Once you could the get The clinic's in. fine. Once I can get in, but no wheelchair parking and no wheelchair entrance at Not a, a dermatologist office so yeah so that's the sort of thing that you come up against and you always have to call first because you never know the first time you go to a place you're out there you're listening and we need your help and uh i need i need you back Teresa. we're gonna do this again we're running out of time but if you're listening to this show and you want to help out i think that uh I think advocating on behalf of those people who deserve access is very important. And uh, we're going to have Teresa back and talk about some of the things that can change here in the future and make life easier and more equitable for people in wheelchairs. Thanks for joining us today, Teresa. Thanks so much for having me. If time flies by when you're learning and making a difference in the world, and that's what we're doing right here on Life Shouldn't Hurt. I'm your host, Grant Fedorak. I look forward to talking to you. I appreciate your time and trust.